0: Bibles, and first of all, turn our attention to the book of Psalms. We'll read Psalm 46. Today, it's 15 years ago since what was, has become known as 9-11. And a psalm that has been read by several presidents in commemoration of that day since then is the psalm that is before us this morning. So Psalm 46, to the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then we turn to the book of Hebrews. We'll read Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, and we'll begin reading at verse 22 to the end of the chapter. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So far, the reading of Holy Scripture. Let us continue to sing Psalm 46, the stanzas 4 and 5. I may proclaim to you the word of our God as we read that. We'll pay particular attention to Psalm 46, the first part of verse 10, which says, Be still and know that I am God. Now, after the sermon, we will sing hymn 53, the four stanzas of hymn 53, and that hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is based on... Psalm 46. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, we live in troubling times. What is presented to us as news is often disheartening, disturbing, and unsettling. Policies and positions taken by many political leaders leaves us bewildered. And just when you thought it couldn't get more ridiculous, it does. To proclaim the exclusive claims of Jesus is considered intolerable, unloving, outdated, and judgmental. Our secular society is at enmity with God and has set its own agenda for love, peace, and understanding. Being in Christian schools, our young people are somewhat sheltered from all of this. But we're fooling ourselves if we think that the ideas and the thinking of secular society will stay outside the doors of our homes, our schools, or that this will not affect the hearts and the direction of our children. Teenage guys and girls are vulnerable, impressionable, and easily swayed by Pierce to think no behavior is harmful or hurtful. Beloved young people, you are not any different from any of us in that you want to be liked so that you are inclined to do things you know aren't right and you might regret later on. Well, in such a time as this, it is crucial that we remain firm in our convictions and that we all learn to stand our ground. And if we are going to do this as a Christian church, in our families, in our personal lives, then we need to be busy with our Bibles. This is what needs to be at the heart of our lives. The Bible as the sword of the Spirit. And passage after passage of Scripture directs us to seek our strength not in ourselves nor in numbers, but we are to seek the strength of our life in the Lord in confusing and difficult times. And isn't that the message of Psalm 46 as well? The Lord is our refuge and strength. And when I find my strength in him, I will not be knocked down by fear or anxiety when I do not know where to turn for help or how to get through the next day. Psalm 46, verse 10a encourages us to reflect on what God can do in the face of what we are unable to do. And the psalm gives us much comfort as we observe the dangerous environment in which the Christian church finds itself. But also as we ponder peril and pain, as we struggle with serious health issues, as we feel the pain of loss and loneliness, and as we struggle with accepting God's will for our lives, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And why does the psalm tell us what it does? About God and who He is. Well, it does so to get us to the bottom line of Psalm 46, verse 10a Be still and know that I am God. It does so that we surrender ourselves to Him. This is what you and I need to do in the face of all affliction and adversity. Don't be pessimistic, but trusting. Trust God who controls the past, the present, and the future with a view to the eternal well-being of his people. And it is my prayer that as you sit here this morning with your own burdens on your hearts, your own fears, your own personal suffering, that you who are disappointed, perhaps even with God, Might be deeply moved and touched by the words of your Heavenly Father, and that you might be diligent in passing this on to others, including your own children. And so, let us come also to submit ourselves to the Word of our Heavenly Father, who says to you and me, Be still. And know that I am God. So, our theme this morning is God calls us to be still and know that He is God. And we'll look at three things He is our refuge, it's verses 1 through 3. He is with us, it's verses 5 through 7. And He is exalted, verses 8 through 11. Be still. Now, this word in, is found in various forms in the Old Testament with different shades of meaning. The command to be still comes from a Hebrew verb meaning to release, to let go, to become weak. And as an imperative, the word is translated as leave alone or to say enough. So being still here means letting go, to abandon, to abandon, To find the strength of your life outside of yourself in God and in God alone. Be still and know that I am God. That means that you are to let go and to let God. This is what we are called to do today and every day into the future. To let go so that we might know God. And not just in some intellectual way. But by living in a relationship with him, letting go means that we need to zip it. To stop being so busy with ourselves and start paying attention to what God is doing. It means that we get rid of the clutter that prevents us from doing so. We are to be still and let go so that we might experience the saving power of the Lord in our lives. So be still here means getting out the white flag and surrendering our wills to God's. It means that I must come to realize that I don't control my own destiny. I am not the captain of my own ship. Be still means letting go of the steering wheel. And getting out of the driver's seat of my life. And stop interfering with the work of the Lord Jesus who is already at the helm. And that goes for all of us. Even when we are in positions of leadership. Whether that is in the church or in family life. I'm a leader. But as a servant, I serve the well-being of the family so that they come To know the Lord God. Being still. I need to stop thinking life is about me. And about what people think of me. And I do so. So that I might experience the glory of God's all sufficiency. I let go of all those things in my past. The negative experiences. The burdens and the pains. And I let God And when I do that, I will have peace of mind because I am safe in the hands of him who charts my life's direction. Now, the context of Psalm 46 helps us understand this more clearly. The psalm pictures the nations pitting themselves against the people of God and this opposition against the Lord and his people is declared to be utter nonsense. Why? Well, take a look at what God is doing. Come and see, the psalmist says, what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In other words, what foolishness For the nations to think that they can defeat the Lord God. And then God himself enters the fray. In verse 10 and he says, enough. Be still. Just zip it. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Abandon what you are doing. Because you are wasting your time and energy trying to oppose me and to go your own way. And there is good reason why the words of Psalm 46 verse 10 need to be written on our minds too and engraved on our hearts. God says, be still, enough. Know that I am God. Don't let the noise of human experience or all the things that are vying for your attention distract you from what is really going on in this world. The life revolutionizing impact of God's supremacy in the world and his inevitable triumph over the nations, the coming of his glorious kingdom of righteousness and peace, the impact of this awesome reality will never hit us and hold us and shape us unless we abandon our own path and become still before God. The command to be still, to let go and let God, forces us to think deeper about the reality of life, to get outside the bubble of our own narrow view of reality. We are minuscule, finite creatures, before an infinite and awesome God. And that is why we need to chill out and stop thinking we are in charge or that the world somehow cannot do without us. God says, enough, stop it. There's a far greater reality beyond what you experience and what you see with your physical eyes. There's a larger battle taking place against enemies of the cross. And in order to be a good soldier in the army of Christ, you need to surrender, to let go, and know that I am God. Now, unlike many of the other psalms, Psalm 46 is not a song addressed to God. It's not a prayer But it gives us several reminders why we can proceed with quiet confidence and not be rattled by the negatives of life. We are secure and we are defended against our enemies, including the last enemy, death. We are to be still, to surrender our hearts and lives in the hands of the Lord. Even if the whole world, including our own, begins to fall to ruin. The psalmist says, even if everything in creation is undone and loses its stability, you're still okay. There's nothing to worry about because, as the psalmist reminds us, we are safe with the sovereign, almighty, all-powerful God in all and every circumstance. The Lord God, the almighty king of creation, has the power to protect, to protect us against anything and everything. We are safe in the middle of the most violent and violent upheaval of nature possible. Most of us have seen images and video clips of the damage that is done by powerful earthquakes. Tsunamis, tornadoes, and hurricanes. But even the most powerful storm cannot withstand the supreme power of the Lord. And isn't that amazing? God is our refuge because he stands above all in power and majesty. In verse 1, the psalmist begins by pointing us to who God is. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. First of all, God is our refuge. This is a phrase which speaks of God making us secure by defending us. He shelters us. The Lord not only provides us with shelter, he is our refuge. Yes, as the hymn says, a mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. And we can say this as individuals and as church community. God is our refuge. And that is why we will not fear. That's the marvelous prospect that trust opens up. Faith in the safety of God makes you unafraid. When you surrender to the truth that the Lord is in complete control of this world, that He is our refuge. And provide strength in the storm. You will find peace and tranquility. Relieving your fears. The trademark of all who are still. Who let go. Is that they do not fear. Oh for sure concerns persist. And we do not throw caution to the wind. But we can proceed. Because we are safe. We take refuge in him from a New Testament perspective. That means that we know that finding refuge in God means that we belong to a faithful Savior. Who has paid for all our sins through his precious blood. And finding comfort in his love. We do not fear death or hell. Or any force that rises up against the Lord. And besides being our refuge, he is also our strength. That's the second thing verse 1 tells us. God is the source of our inner strength and courage. He is the one who is strong when we are weak and when we waver and when enemies threaten to overthrow us. God gives us strength for every situation and when we waver, He will come alongside us and say, Be still and know that I am God. I am your refuge in the storm. And not only is God our refuge and strength, he is also an ever-present help in trouble. And that means that he will never let you down. The Lord is an ever-present help. When you think it really cannot get any worse, more traumatic or tumultuous. He is an ever-present help and always has time for us. He will not get distracted by the million and one other things he has to do. He will not let you down when you are faced with your greatest need. So there you have it. Do you understand why you can be still and let go? And now you know as well why the psalm can say with such great confidence, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Yes, if even if two of the most unchangeable and unshakable things in creation, the ground under your feet and the majestic mountains, even if they are hurled to the bottom of the ocean in other words if your whole world is unsettled and literally turned upside down we will not fear why not god is present always god cannot be shaken and when your life is in god when is when he is your place of refuge Nothing can shake or disturb you. Brothers and sisters, if you are anxious, tense, or deeply concerned about your health, your future, your children, the state of this world, the direction of the church, let go. You can. Because when God is your refuge your strength, your ever-present help. Nothing can shake you. And you can say this because the God you serve is infinitely greater than all the forces in this world combined. So you need to let go. Let goods and kindred go this mortal life also. Run to the Lord Jesus who says, Come, and I will give you rest. Oh, it is vital in the Christian life that we hold on to this. And it is especially in times of trouble that we need to run to God our refuge and to acknowledge his control over all circumstances and then to experience his ever-present help. Oh, at times we may feel blindsided by troubles and trials, but God isn't blindsided or surprised by suffering and pain. In fact, there are times when the Lord needs to shake what appears to be solid and secure to us and to make things firm and to make in order to make firm the things that last forever. We read about that in Hebrews chapter 12. God shakes what we consider secure. So that we will not be shaken. And in order that we may turn our attention to what gives everlasting security. Be still. Enough. Know that I am God. And the second reason why we can be still and let go is because the Lord is with us. He dwells. With his people. In the verses 4 through 7. Psalm 46 turns our attention to the works of God among his people. And the psalm pictures a scene of pastoral serenity. The city of God is made glad by the river that meanders through it. Supplying God's people with refreshing and surprising blessings of salvation. This place gives joy. Because it is the dwelling place of the Most High, the place where He makes His presence known among the nations. And the serenity of the city is is unique. The city of God is under siege. And how much serenity can there be in a city under siege? But that's exactly what's happening in the city of God. There is peace when the walls of the city of God, within the walls of the city of God, even though that peace is threatened. Talk about a reality check. Enemies threaten to overrun and overrule the people of God and the city of God. But the Lord keeps the church secure. And in peace. And we can say that with even greater certainty, can't we? We are granted everlasting peace through the blood of Jesus Christ. And no enemy will be able to take away the rest, the security, the serenity God's people enjoy. In the church of God, the Lord provides us with a sanctuary, a place of safety and refuge. So why can the people of God have such confidence? How can we know that we will overcome and that we will not be moved even if the earth gives way? Is that idealistic dreaming? Not at all. There is security being in the city of God because God himself is there and he is there to help at the break of every day. He is right there with his people. He is there. And that gives the church the assurance that the gates of hell will not prevail against her. God is there. Emmanuel. God with us. And notice how the exact opposite happens in the world. The people of the earth make all sorts of noise. But all the Lord needs to do is raise his voice simply to clear his, voice, his throat. And the nations melt like wax before the heat of a flame. God says to you and me, embrace what I give you and be still. Don't run away or get frustrated, but hold fast to my promises and find the security of your life in me. And although this world with devils Filled should threaten to undo you, do not fear, because I have willed that my truth should triumph through me. So say it the prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him, his rage we can endure, because his doom is sure. Indeed, who's afraid of the grim reaper? One little word will fell him. Oh, we do not know what the future has in store for us. But we do know who is in control of the universe, of this world, and of the church. With Psalm 46, we confess the presence of God, and this is why we don't have to fear, and we have the assurance the church will not fall. No fear. And no fall. The church. Will not be moved. Because the city of God is built. On the rock of God's promises. And faithfulness. And so we can let go. Because the Lord. Will not let go. Of what he has started. Yes we are secure. Not smug. But secure. The Lord God who heads myriads of angels, of heavenly soldiers, is on our side. He fights our battles, and in him we have the certainty that we shall overcome. And in the last part of the psalm, we are reminded of God's power for the future. He is exalted. The king is exalted. And he will be exalted in all the earth. Yes, soon. And very soon, we're going to see the king. The siege work of resistance against God will come down. And all the challenges and all the difficulties and the troubles that God's people face today will end. Victory is coming. And so the psalm invites us to come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. It is the Lord who makes wars to cease. Not through military force. Not by obliterating everyone who stands in his way. Not through diplomacy or negotiations. No. God speaks To all opposition. And he says, be still. Stop it. Enough is enough. Know that I am God. He speaks to the enemies without. And the enemies within our hearts. God speaks to all resistance. And he says, let go. Give it up. You are not in charge. I reign. I will be exalted. Over all the earth. Be still. This is what we are called to do as those who know the Lord. And what the Lord directs us to do is only possible through Jesus. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. But Jesus is our sure defense. Why should we fear or waver? During all his life on earth, but especially on the cross, Jesus let go and he let God. Even though he is exalted with the Father and the Holy Spirit, he humbled himself and became weak so that the strength of our life should be in God alone. In the three hours of darkness, he did not have the security of his Father's presence. He could not turn to God as his refuge, his strength or his ever-present help. But he let go. He felt the fury of God's wrath and experienced the isolation of hell. The gates of hell prevailed against him so that the gateway of heaven should go open to all who find their life in him. And when the world and his own people mocked and jeered, he remained silent To deliver us out of all our troubles. And since he endured the cross and came under the curse of God. There is now a river of blessings that flows to us in the church. Yes, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. In the church, Christ supplies us with the waters of life. He sustains and he refreshes our thirsty souls with his grace, his love, and his mercy. And today, God says to all of you, whoever you are, be still and know that I am God. Let it go. Let go of everything that is preventing you from enjoying the riches of life in Christ. And when you let go, You are given grace, hope, comfort, peace, refuge, strength, forgiveness, assurance, life, joy unending, heaven and paradise. And so, brothers and sisters, be weak in the arms of him who has you safely in his care. Well then time to put your shoulders back, to step forward, to let go, and to let God. Amen.